2: All oh, boys to men, huh? We've come to the end of the road. No doubt. No doubt. Some of us, unfortunately, the road never ends, man. We're always stuck. We're always stuck. Commanders uh, obviously got blown out on Thanksgiving and then promptly fired Jack Del Rio. And now try and pick up the pieces, oh, by the way, from Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, Tua, Tunga Vailoa, and the Ma Dolphins. Joining us right now, as he does each and every Monday right around this time, is the former head coach of the Washington Er, Redskins, former uh, longtime NFL offensive coordinator Jay Gruden, on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters, and Ted Britt Chevrolet in strolling all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage, see and shop them all at tedbritt.com. Good afternoon, Jay. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. How are you, pal? Chris, it was a great Thanksgiving. Doing good, thanks. a boy. I see you're fired up on Twitter, man. I love Spicy Jay. I love it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while.
2: Every once in a while. You can follow Jay so you know what I'm talking about. At Coach underscore Jay Gruden. Uh, at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. We'll get to some of that, uh, obviously, here in a little bit. Uh, but I guess the first reaction would be to firing Jack Del Rio. Now, I, I, I know there's some stuff there uh I'll let you kind of expand on that if you want to. Uh but clearly nobody sh- should be surprised by this. Do you think it will make any impact?
3: Well, it's hard to say. Um they obviously have a lot of problems going on on defense right now. The lack of pressure is a problem. Lack of coverage, uh poor tackling. So it's like the trifecta of misery when you're talking about defense. You got to be able to rush the passer. You got to be able to cover some people, and you got to be able to tackle. And right now they're not doing any of that very good. Beginning of the season, everybody thought that the defense was a strength. You know, mm-hmm. the four first rounders on the front line, those first round linebacker, Jam and Davis. They drafted a first round corner, at Kendall Fuller in the mix. Everybody thought that they were a stout group and they were going to hold the team up for a while until Sam Howell started to develop and and win some close games. And then once Sam got going, it they would. Be competitive, and this has not been the case. It's been the opposite.
2: They were playing more man coverage as the season went along. I don't know what the percentages are. I can figure that out. Uh Then I, I guess they had in the past. Their their blitz percentage was 3% higher. Their hurry percentage was higher. Uh So they were they were doing some different things. Why do you think they changed things up and became, I guess, more aggressive and or more man oriented is it because I, I i'm just curious to see what what your answer to that is before i give you like what what i think because what well, i think is my thought
3: would be is you know initially as the season started you thought the forefront down the down mm-hmm. line would get pressure on their own you could play more coverages and and protect the back end people a little bit more with the pressure you're getting from those four guys and then you lose two of your Pass rushers, and you give them away or trade them away. Now you have to manufacture some pass rush by doing more five-man rushes and six-man rushes and, and unique things, and then try to get hands on the receivers to try to slow up, slow them up, and, and let your pass rush get home. So that that was the biggest issue. I think when you lose a guy like Sweat and a guy like Chase Young, that, those are two pretty good pass rushers, and you got to manufacture some pass rush somewhere somehow.
2: Also, before that, and here is where I was going, Jay, and I want I, I, you know I, I want to ask you. Maybe I am saying the wrong thing. It seemed like they were playing a lot of when they would play like this soft zone. Guys would be wide open and and just running and have all sorts of room in the middle of the field, whether it be tight ends on sit down routes or hook routes or whatever. Wide receivers. Uh, it, it just seemed like they. They weren't playing a tight zone, if that makes sense. It seemed like they were playing a very loose or soft zone, and guys were running through it or having plenty ample room to do whatever they wanted to do. Was Is that fair or is that unfair as you look back?
3: Well, there are definitely some instances where guys are running free, and that's coverage where they messed up some coverages, either the safety bit and didn't cover his ground or stay on the half or whatever it was was last week. It was the Tampa two defender. Once was the middle linebacker where Ferguson got over the top of him on that whole shot. And then on the touchdown shot, it was uh camp girl. He was a Tampa two linebacker. Mm-hmm. He didn't get back deep enough and he ran right by him. So, you know, the design of the defense is one thing, but when the players don't execute it or go where they're supposed to do or play with the right vision or the right aiming points, that's when you have the problems. And that's what I saw mostly.
2: Yeah. And, and, and that's why I wanted to, you know, get at that, because when you well, – well, tell me, as, as it, 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 like it always used to be like young quarterbacks, you wanted to play more zone because zone was harder to figure out for younger quarterbacks. Maybe a veteran quarterback, an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you know, somebody like that could figure it out a lot easier because, well, there are those guys. So you want to play more zone coverage – Um, because, A, it protects your guys, and, B, it's a little harder for the quarterbacks to read and figure out. Is that essentially, uh, I I guess, the premise behind playing more zone than man?
3: Uh, Yeah, I think so. When you get eyeballs on the quarterback and and defense can play with vision, uh, that does help a lot. It helps the corners out a lot, helps the safeties out a lot, doesn't put them in a lot of jeopardy. But if you're going to do that, your four-man rush better get home. Mm And if they're not getting home and the quarterbacks have time to get to their second or third or fourth receiver, that's when the problems occur. So I think when they weren't getting the pressure, that's when they decided to play more man and try to get some five-man pressure, some unique pressures with the linebackers and all that stuff. And, and obviously they can't hold up in man coverage right now either. So uh, they're in quite the pickle.
2: <laughs> Pickle is, is one way to say it. At Coach underscore Jay Gruden is how you follow Jay Gruden on Twitter. Very entertaining, uh, by the way. All right, so there is um, – uh, people are trying to put the pieces together. I, I mean, I, like, look, I want to be sensitive to, to every situation here. Uh, is there uh, – with Jack Del Rio, he, he said some things. Uh, you said something on Twitter the other night. What was kind of the motivation for you behind that?
3: No, I don't know what was the motivation. I just think that uh sometimes you get the little piece of the pen in your hand and you start typing and things come out there and you <laughs> get a little emotional sometimes and, and you you write some things. But uh you know, that next thing goes way back. There's some things that happen obviously, but yeah, you know, I just let it be what it is and, yeah. and uh you know, just sometimes it's your time to get let go and unfortunately for Jack it was his time. Yeah. I kinda of pile it on a little bit.
2: You did, but that it was okay. It made it interesting. I liked it. Um all right, so let me ask it to you this way. do you what would you want to see out of this commander's defense over the next five games with Ron allegedly calling plays now? Would you want to see them blitz more? Play more, man. Go back to more zone. Would you like to – you know, I, I talked to a, a London Fletcher a couple of weeks ago. He said he had a hard time figuring out what kind of coverages they were playing on the back end. And this is a guy who was, you know, at least a, 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 a in-the-ballpark range Hall of Fame Mike linebacker, and he couldn't figure out what coverages. So maybe they were too complicated. What do you, Jay Gruden, want to see over the next five games, six weeks out of this commander's defense?
3: Well, being yeah, I'm not with those players at all. I don't know what they're comfortable with. First of all, you got to find out what's their comfort zone. What are they like? What are they good at? And we'll feature that for the most part. But you also have to sprinkle in some things that are are new for the opposing offenses that they haven't seen, maybe a, a front, maybe a blitz, maybe a you know a double A's, maybe something that your players can execute with the fire zone behind it. You have to challenge the other team's offense where they have to communicate points and, and, and redirect the center's turn, all that stuff. You have to do a little bit of that. But you also want to be sound. So obviously they have some uh, moving parts in the secondary a little bit. And uh, obviously on a defensive line, so maybe that's the issue for them. But i like to see them move around a little bit more, some more different fronts, more different line stunts, things of that nature, and be a little bit more aggressive in the back end.
2: And can you do a lot of that versus an explosive offense that can hurt you short and quick or over the top like Miami coming into FedEx Field on Sunday?
3: I would probably err on the side of not a lot of tight man-to-man type stuff. But mm-hmm. There are some fire zones you can play that uh, you know can protect the corners a little bit. Some 2D fire zones, some uh, you know, some 3D fire zones that are okay. They can still play over the top of the receiver. It'll yeah. be difficult, and not many teams have stopped Miami. But I guess the best way to do it is uh, try to get some pressure on two and, and force them into some third and longs, and, and then get after them.
2: Jay Gruden is with us as he is for his normal weekly appointment, Mondays at around 2 30. He is uh, driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group on air and on the road. Jay Gruden, again, driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford and Chantilly in Chantilly and Fairfax F 150, headquarters in Ted Britt, Chevrolet and Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life, lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at Tedbritt.com. All right, one of the other interesting, spicy things that I saw from uh, you on Twitter over the weekend, Jay, was Rob. Uh, Robert was out there trumpeting about Deion Sanders winning four games and, you know, the improvement at Colorado, which it is an improvement, but boy, did they fall off the face of the earth. And you're like, man, I wish winning four games was the standard. You'd still be employed. (laughs) How, How about you trying to give a little jab shot to your former quarterback who you had a run in or two with while here?
3: Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I like Robert, man. I just mess around with Robert a little bit, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I think, I think Deion has done a good job. Obviously, he put Colorado back on the map. But yeah, at the end of the day, your record is what you are, and you know, winning four games is is better than winning one game, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think uh, they're going to improve greatly over there at Colorado. They're going to continue to recruit and do some great things. I was just having fun with them.
2: Have you and uh, Robert Keston made up or no?
3: I don't think we ever. You know, I don't think he ever really liked me after that initial comment <laughs> year one but i've never i've never had a problem with robert be honest with you i know that uh he did the best he could and i did the best i could with him but just didn't work out yeah. unfortunately but no, he's did I... a great job on air i'll tell you that he's got he's all he's all over the place he
2: is he's, he's a right? big espn yeah. guy no doubt about it uh he's out there making hay uh and and did you see him try and outrun dabo sweeney down the hill the uh last week i mean that was pretty crazy right
3: I did not see that, unfortunately. Oh, you got go sure to go check out that. that you
2: got to go check out that video, Jay. You'll 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 get a little howl out of that one.
3: <laughs> Hopefully he won. Hopefully he beat Dabo. Uh,
2: he did not. Uh, he did not. Uh, I'll just give you a little hint, but go check it out. It's probably readily available. <laughs> I'll try and send it to you. Um, all right. So, so that's one thing. Uh, before we get into the rest of the NFL, there was this rumor last night that I saw that your brother John. Um, could possibly be a target of Indiana university or the university of Indiana. I forgot what they're calling it uh, these days. Uh, do you know anything about that? And would you advise your brother, John to maybe take the college route?
3: You know, I don't know what that's all about to be honest with you. I know my dad coached there. We had some good years at IU. My dad coached for Lee Corso there. and I spent my grade school years there and really enjoyed it and loved the campus up there and, and, and loved the team. And, Indiana basketball was something special to us with Bob Knight. So uh, there is a correlation there, but I have no idea. I've not talked to him about his future. I know that uh, he's uh, playing a lot of golf right now, mm-hmm. enjoying himself and, and wait for some of these legal things to clear up.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, still have, uh, like you said, to resolve. Uh, that, that would be an interesting fit, though. I mean – you know, I was th- I was trying to think. You and I have talked, and I, I've always said to you, Jay, you know, I think you would be a good fit on the collegiate level as a head coach. And I don't know how you, you know, you've always kind of, I don't want to say dismissed it, but you you didn't you didn't seem to embrace it. Like the whole college head coaching thing, is it because of the recruiting, or is it because of the age of the kids, or now is it because of NIL and all that stuff that maybe you would want to shy away from that? If that's true.
3: Yeah, the scary thing is you go out and recruit these kids, and you get them for a year, and then they leave you, yeah. and then they go to you know get more money somewhere else. And, right? You know, it's 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 hard when you it's hard enough to recruit as it is but when you have to recruit your own players as well, year in and year out. That makes it a lot more difficult. But you know, you got to have some money nowadays in college to compete, be able to get some of these good players. Otherwise, you have no chance to to compete with Ohio State, Penn no, State, Michigan,
2: yeah, and no those doubt.
1: teams. So,
0: call from mom. Answer it. Call
1: silenced.
3: I think that's the Ducks got to be in all in in a row for uh, anybody to take that IU job.
2: Uh, Jay Gruden with us for another couple of minutes. Let's talk about some things from around the NFL yesterday, primarily, uh, including that overtime thriller between the Eagles uh, and the Bills. Um, the Eagles weren't great on offense in the first half. They should have, arguably, could have lost that game if you know they don't get. Uh, and people are calling it a bad call. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think he had full possession uh, on the in-cut route uh, where the receiver, I, I, I think it was AJ, but I can't. I can't remember. You know, didn't come up. Uh, you know, clean. But they they ruled it a non-catch. That continued the possession. They tied it up with a 59-yard field goal at the end of regulation, and then Jalen Hurts wins it on the 12-yard touchdown run. How do you sum up what you've seen out of Philadelphia the last six days, including the Monday night win in Kansas City from the last time we talked to you?
3: well they're winners so they're resilient and they can win a lot of different ways they can get you uh, they can start fast and, and beat you and beat you down hard and they can play from behind the quarterback is a special guy he's got ice water in his veins he's a definitely the definition of a winning type guy and when you have a guy like that on your team your team never feels out of a game so they're just going to keep grinding and keep grinding and, and it's just going to be a, a, a long game for you guys when you're competing against Jalen Hurts because he he won't he won't allow losing to take place in his building, and he's a winner by definition, and and they're going to be a tough out for anybody.
2: Um, There were so many controversial officiating calls. I just referenced one of them. Uh, The uh, intentional grounding, non-horse collar thing, whatever you want to call that, (laughs) involving Josh Allen was certainly one of them. Um, I know you were were the victim as, as a head coach, offensive coordinator of plenty of bad officiating What would have been your, I guess, deal if you saw what happened on that one particular play happen against your quarterback?
3: I'd be upset. As you you watch these games on Sunday and you look at all these calls, uh, it feels like every time there's a third down, you're just looking for a flag. Every time a defense gets a stop, it's a legal touch. It's a defense, a legal contact. It's PI. It's roughing a passer. It's a tackle too low, tackle too high. It's going to be painful to watch some of these mm-hmm. games. they got to really look at themselves and, and really make sure they do a lot of work on some of these fouls and what these guys are calling. Obvious calls, sure, but these ones that aren't obvious. I watched the Houston-Jacksonville game, and I, I couldn't believe some of these illegal contacts they were calling to right. keep drives alive for Jacksonville. And, uh, it, it's just tough because you put so much time into it, and then when uh, a critical situation arises and you get off the field and there's a call or there's a no-call that's clearly – should have been in your favor and it's not it's very very frustrating because it's a lot of work goes into these games i'll tell you that
2: yeah no doubt about and then they missed or seemingly they missed one uh where Tank Dell was, was was you know in bounds and they ruled it incomplete, uh, and I think that was late in the game and obviously they came up just short. Now, now some of that is because they took a couple of big sacks. Uh, so I certainly yeah. you know don't want to say well bad officiating cost Houston or or whatever. It's just you know when when you have those calls like Buffalo did go against you like Houston, did, uh, and then you come up short, people want to automatically point it at the officiating. Sometimes that's true, sometimes that's not true. Uh, it is frustrating though, uh and and I think we we speak uh on behalf of everyone. What did you make out of um the uh the hit on um on DTR, the Cleveland Browns backup quarterback It looked like the Broncos linebacker, Jay, I mean, Grant was out there talking about how it was textbook and how it was, you know, it was, it, it was not illegal. I don't know. To me, it looked like it was right on that balance line of, of going to the, the neck and, and shoulder area, which is really hard to define. And they're trying to eliminate those kind of shots. What did you make out of that call?
3: Yeah, I thought what that situation? was close as well, I, and I thought it should have been a no-call personally. It was mm. close, and it's something that, you know, I wish they would just kind of not make the call, and then if they review it the next day and they say it was, then maybe you find the player twenty grand or whatever it might be for a legal shot instead of, uh, you know, just being so quick to throw the flag on some of these calls. So, But I thought that was right on the border. That's a tough call, and that's unfortunate for DTR because he was uh, starting to come on a little bit.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And how about the Ravens going in? To Los Angeles last night. Listen, I know that's not a tough place to play, um, you know, because the Chargers have really no fans. Uh, But the Ravens just continue to show their mettle and continue to do what they do, right? I mean, Lamar isn't always pretty, but he's effective. And then last night, as they're trying to kill the game and kill the clock, they're running, you know, reverses. They're running, uh, you know, all sorts of different end around type runs. They're not just lining up and trying to kill the clock, they're trying to. Kill the clock and also move the football.
3: Yeah, I like Baltimore because they can they can win ugly and not many teams can do that. They can they can run the ball, they can Lamar can run it. They have a couple good backs and gus and obviously without their tight end that hurts them a little bit, but mm-hmm. they they start to come on pretty strong and uh, the defense is really what's uh, keeping them alive. They're playing really good defense. They're rushing the quarterback, they're playing great coverage, they're turning getting turnovers. And that's what you have to do in these t- tight games, especially on the road. And that's—it's. I know they don't have a lot of fans there, but it is a tough place to play because of the travel and. It's just a long weekend, and, and you got to go out there, and it's a night game, and you're worn out a little bit. So it is a big win for them, and, and it's never easy to win on the road, and to get one on the road especially against a team that really needed to win like the Chargers, it's a big win for Baltimore.
2: i got a million more for you, but time for only one more quick one. Frank Reich fired after 11 games with the Carolina Panthers this morning. There seem to be some various reports about Tepper, the owner who seems impatient, wanting uh, Bryce Young and the coaching staff wanting C.J. Shroud. Obviously, that looks bad right now. What you make out of a head coach not even being given a full season, obviously, which we've seen before, but eleven games, Jay.
3: Yeah, that's tough. I don't know what you're supposed to do in eleven games with a rookie quarterback. I know CJ Stroud's anomaly, I guess, and there's been some other rookie quarterbacks, but the pro I guess the when you're looking at the progress of the season and you look like they're degressing and not progressing, I think mm-hmm. that's why they made the move. But you know, the fire coach after eleven games, I you know, you kinda of feel bad for him, but you're like, Man, he got what do you get? A four year contract? He can just sit on the beach for the next four years and get paid pretty good money. So it's not all terrible for Coach Wright. <laughs> not,
2: <laughs> not, not, not a bad lifestyle unless you want to coach again, which I don't know. I mean, may, may, maybe the heart and the brain uh, is is not up for it. We'll see. Jay he looked, as, like he he yeah. looked like he
3: was worn out. He looked like he was worn out. Did he?
2: Exactly, no doubt about it. Jay, always great to catch up with you. Uh, thanks for being open and candid, obviously, uh, and good stuff as always. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next week.
3: You got it, Chris. Thanks.
2: All right. That is Jay Gruden. Of course, again, on the air and on the road. Jay Gruden, driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford and Chantilly and Fairfax F 150 headquarters, Ted Britt Chevrolet and Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See, and shop them all at Tedbritt.com right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.
0: T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours